Hello and welcome to our Mental Health Rocks podcast. We are on a mission to show the world that nobody is and never can be broken. Our episodes are dedicated to helping children and adults reconnect with and really understand their own mental health so that they can thrive no matter what circumstances they face. Your mental health, my mental health, our mental health rocks. New episode. Today's episode, uh, Jules, you've come up with a great catchy title and a very interesting topic to explore as well. So tell us, uh, well, the title you've done, Being Frightened of Fear versus Being Sick of Fear. And when you mentioned that this morning, I was like, that sounds really interesting, but I'm not sure exactly what that is. And whenever it's something that I'm not sure what it is, fires up the old brain. I'm like, Ooh, tell us more. So Jules, like what, where's that come from or what, what, what does it mean for you? What it means for me is we can, we've got our basic survival needs, okay? So fear is a really good motivation tool. Fear is a really is essential for us to, to live and stay alive in our life, right? That's it. It's got its certainly most certainly got its uses. However, when you're in an extended period of fear, which I think we've been in as a, as a, as a world for the past year and a half, when you're in an extended, fee, um, prolonged fear, it sort of gets a bit boring. <laughs> you get sick of being frightened. You get sick of hearing about the things that are put out there to frighten you. And, and before this conversation started, we were talking about desensitization. And about how the more we are um, in contact with something, the less shocking it becomes, the less frightening it becomes. When we when we stay in that contact, when we we become desensitized, when we hear it all the time, you know, no different to to many many years ago when um, the images first came on from Band Aid, from the images of poor countries with babies mm. who just had those tummies and, you know, they were struggling so bad. That shocked the world. And yet now we see them on the TV and as bad as it sounds, they just don't have that impact on us anymore. Years and years and years ago, not that many years ago, if somebody got shot or stabbed, it was on the front page of the, the papers. It was, in, you know, it was under the TV. It was, it was shocking to us. But the more something becomes a regular occurrence, Unfortunately, or fortunately, we get desensitized to it, which doesn't shock us as much. And when this period that we've been in for such a long time now, a perpetual state of being, we've got to watch out for this, or this is going to kill us, or this is going to harm us, or this is going to get to us. It's just, I find I'm getting sick of it. I find I'm getting really sick of, of being... I know people who are who are really really frightened, and they in themselves are sick of feeling that way. I know that I'm not particularly frightened because I'm just taking each day as it comes and not really jumping into the bandwagon. 
but I'm sick of it still being perpetuated. So I think there's a certain conversation to be had and exploration for us to have around the fact that you can be in fear and be sick of being frightened at the same time and separately. For me, I think it's, it can be very exhausting to be in a state of fear. That's, that's what I kind of remember and think of, like, if I've been really scared or just built full of fear. Um, or very stressed out because I'm just stressing myself out about something that's coming up, which, again, just kind of feels like fear for me as well. It's like I'm scared of doing it. And that absolutely just wipes me out like just run out of and the amount of energy being used in the, in the space of fear is just knackering mm-hmm. and for me can end up just feeling incredibly just dehydrated worn out fatigued um just want to kind of rest up as well so it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to spend a lot of time there now either. And when I am there, I almost just take a little bit of a step back in the same sense of, yeah, this isn't actually going to be that helpful. Even if it looks incredibly scary at the start and even maybe just going, okay, this does look scary. So this is what I'm going to do. It's almost giving myself a bit of space to go, actually, yeah, I don't think I want to spend all this time kind of sat in fear. Let's sit with it anyway. Nothing I can do about that. There's no point trying to affirmation my way out of it, right? But is there a bit of space that's actually just going to give me something different or a different angle to look at it as well? Is that going to open up something new? And... And then from that kind of space, when we get more thrown at us through the media, for example, I can see how that transitions into just getting a little bit sick of it as well. Chills anything on that? I have got something else, but I, I don't want to kind of yeah. just... What came up for me then when you were talking is, yes, it is absolutely exhausting. And what came up for me was the more you try and run away from it, run away from fear, you know, like try and um, avoid avoid going places because you're frightened, avoid doing things because you're frightened, avoid living because you're frightened, right? Whatever it is, is the more you're actually chasing it because all of your energy is on it, set on it. So, so it's like, it, I just had like a vision of like a cartoon where someone's like running around chasing their own tail, so to speak. Yeah. And they're trying, you know, it's like the tail's the thing that's scaring them. And they're trying to get away from it, but they keep seeing it because they keep running and running and running. And that's <laughs> yeah. all they can see. And, and yeah, at the end of that, you're bloody knackered. <laughs> so, that? so that's what popped up for me. The, de- the desensitization side of it. So I, what came to mind when you were sharing that part, Jules, was scary, just scary films. Mm-hmm. And, and how I am a huge horror film fan. I love horror films. Um, and I, I haven't always, 
and and this this kind of sounds as to how you were talking this is what was coming up for me so i've watched a lot of scary films and i've watched a lot where i've just my mouth has been on the floor like i can't believe that's actually a film mm-hmm. you know whether it's jump scare whether it's just horrific um whether it's the cl- the classic slasher films for example so i remember the first time i watched scream and that was that was a mega hit wasn't it and I remember watching that, like, oh, my goodness, this is horrendous. Like, who's done it? What, what's actually... Who's, who's the killer? How are they doing this? Why are they doing this to these young kids? I remember all that running through my mind because I hadn't seen anything like it before. So I was in that space of fear and on edge and completely immersed. You know, I'd created the fearful experience about what was going on with actors on a stage <laughs> was in it. And it looked real. You know, what they were creating looked completely real to me. And the next time I watched it, I'd step back a little bit. I wasn't in a fearful place. Um, there were still jump scare moments. I was just watching it with a different, a different perception, a bit of a space of like, well, there's no point being terrified of it, actually. Maybe we just watch it from a different space. How would it look then? And then it became, you start to see, if you've ever watched it, you start to see the humour in the film as well. There are little moments of humour. Um, you also spot, of course, because you know who's done it, you also spot the little giveaways throughout it as well, and it gives you a completely different perception. So when I watch scary films now, and I know there's a build-up to something. I can still feel that fear. My goodness, I can still feel that fear. And and movie companies now are very clever about it's not obvious jump scare. It will be something you're not expecting. So my mind will go, they're going to be behind the door. Or when or when she closes the fridge, they're going to be there. But behind my mind, there's me just like, okay, let's just see what happens. Almost like I'm ready for it and it's okay no matter what. And I'll still jump. But it'll be like, oh my God, that was good. Almost play, I want to say almost playing with the fear rather than living from it. What what do you think? I had a friend, I still have, I've I've known about putting this 30 or 40 years or something. And (laughs) me and my partner, at the time he he was one of his really good friends. And we used to, on a Friday night, he used to come over and we'd have something to eat and we'd put a film on, right? And it was like, and it was, it was like when you used to go to Blockbusters and high-end movies, right? It was like probably old-fashioned from years ago. Yeah. And and this, this he absolutely hated horror films. He, I mean, with a passion, with, with his fear, was the most entertaining thing about the film, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> Confess, but he knew about it. I used to sit and laugh and tell him anyway. But he would be watching the film and he'd be watching the film and he'd be going, It's gonna happen, isn't it? It's gonna, and he would be looking at us and he would, and he, and he, and he was like being drawn into the film, but going, I'm gonna get a fight on that. And he was, <laughs> and this was every single time. Doesn't matter how many times he watched that film, he would be 
I'm going to get frightened again, aren't I? I'm going to jump again, aren't I? And he was frightened of his own fear. It wasn't the movie. Because if it was the movie, I would have been feeling the same thing. Part ex-partner would have been feeling the same thing. We, I was wearing myself laughing half the time because of the, the reaction, because it was so predictable. Because I knew what he was going to do. That's why I chose that film. Right? <laughs> so, we still have to take care of the Jews and villains. But it was only when he got sick of feeling like that that he stopped getting drawn into that film. Mm-hmm. I know this is long before I was a coach. This was years and years ago before I did any, any of the training that I'd done. But it was interesting because he would get drawn into it and he would get drawn into it. He could watch it five or six times and he would still get. And I know I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to do it. And then he would just go this. He would just go, oh, you've got that film again. You know, I don't like it. But it was like he got sick of feeling frightened, his own fear. He could see he was doing it. See, he didn't want to do it. And he got annoyed. Not, not nasty annoyed, but like, oh, flip sake. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to... I'm going to feel the fear. I'm going to feel the fear. I'm going to be frightened. Totally different experience. And this is, I think, this is what we can, I, I don't know, this, this to me is how we can feel the fear. We get damn sick of feeling the fear as well. Yeah, we can. And what, what comes up around, around that for me is that I want to say that when we get sick of feeling the fear, we actually just, we unlock a bit of curiosity as well. We move into a more curious, curious space. I, I guess in the same way as like back in the days of when we lived in caves and there was maybe an animal outside that we had an idea might eat us, we'd be terrified for age, we'd be frightened, frightened of it. And yet at some point, do we get sick of that fear and get curious of like, Hey, I wonder if that animal is still out there, or I wonder how I could get past it. I wonder if I could see something different around the experience that I'm animating, because actually it's nothing to do with the bear at all. We've just animated it ourselves. So do we then move into that space of curiosity and then maybe start to see things just a little bit differently? Maybe start to see things clearer. And maybe start to see what is more what is going to be helpful for us to move through whatever whatever it is that we're looking at as well. Because in the same sense as you say, with watching a movie with your partner at the time, and then they were animating those actors. They were actors on a stage. There was a stage that looked like maybe a house or a haunted hospital or whatever it might be. But they were animating that whole experience. And like you said, you know that because there were two different experiences going on in that living room on that sofa. So what if it is no different when we see the media headlines? What if we are animating that same thing ourselves? It might just look like it's different, but actually we're bringing it to life. And if we bring it into life from a space of fear, it's going to look scary as hell. But we know that if we bring it to life from being sick of the fear, we're going to be curious about, hang on, what was that journalist just saying? 
And how is that true? In much the same way, it's like, hang on a second. <laughs> like, is this really a haunted house? Or is this just a stage with some funny lighting going on? I think there's another little step that, that can be helpful as well. And I think that's the acceptance step. Hmm. So if we accept that something might be, there might be a baby, right? If we accept mm -hmm. that that's the case, if we're in our cave and there might be a bear outside, then we've accepted that as a possibility. And then our actions would be like, so if we're going to be curious, to see, we've got to check to see if it's there, but we might have a spear with us just in case. Right? We don't hide and just stay away from the fear forever because we'll just die of starvation in the cave. Like, oh, that doesn't happen. But when we actually just accept that that's, that's a possibility, but we're going to go and check for ourselves, that's perhaps another way of looking at it as well. You know, when, when we're watching that film, you know, <laughs> Tony used to watch the films, when he actually accepted the fact that, oh, I'm just going to get afraid, aren't I? And then, you know, you just got, instead of him being as afraid, he was just like, you just you know, he was just—he was just on his attitude like that instead. Instead, then it was just like, so what we got to eat? Because his attention would go somewhere else, right? Instead of actually being having the fearful experience, he could accept that that's how he was going to feel if he watched it, and he could look at the other things and what the next steps were. So yes, and get curious, because without curiosity, we're going to be stuck believing the experience is all there is. But I'm just wondering how, how accepting it can actually fit in with that and actually just go, okay, yeah, I'm frightened at the moment. But that, you know, we keep seeing this with the kids, right? You know, with, our, with the program with the kids, just because they're frightened of something doesn't, the fear doesn't stop your arms or legs moving. It doesn't stop your ability to actually do something. So you can accept that you'll be frightened and still can get curious. Yes. Yeah, you can, you can allow it's all right to be frightened. Yeah. You're going to allow yourself to be frightened. And actually, in terms of how a system works, if we can allow ourselves to be frightened, then great, we're actually allowing the system to kind of just move through that fear and then on to the next of acceptance. Let's mm -hmm. accept it. Let's, and then let's get curious about it. And then, oh, my goodness. It wasn't Is that, it that scary? It looked. Yeah, exactly. So... Let's leave it there. Let's let's the invitation as ever. Go and explore that for yourself. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you would like to find out more about what we are up to in the world, you can follow us on Instagram. Give us a follow at Our Mental Health Rocks. Or you can catch us on our Facebook page, which is Our Mental Health Rocks.